I'm Ash. Aloha, I'm Matt. We are the Yoga Couple. Welcome back to another episode of the Inner Work Podcast. All right, guys. So the other day, we're filming a commercial for our retreat. And funny enough, we have an idea of what we want to say. And and I am like ready. I, I feel like I know what I want to do. I feel like I have my tone down. I'm ready. And after the first take, Ash just not even actually finished the first take, right? It was like, yeah. I had just started my first like intro and she was like, wait, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> and she's like, nope, that wasn't quite right. Um, let's redo it. Let's redo it. Like, like, hold on, take a breath. And I just, I lost it, guys. You know, I lost it. <laughs> so Matt. Uh, it was so mad. <laughs> Matt's a little bit of an overachiever and he thinks he's just going to like nail things on the first try. And when he doesn't nail it on the first try or he has an expectation about how long a project's going to take where I think in the moment of me interrupting you, you realize this might take a while. Whereas you thought yes. we were going to just do it, be one and done that's and move how, on. That's how I operate. I'm like, I got it. I'm a natural. We're just going to do it. It's going to be good. Yeah. And that's going to be great. So he immediately like lost his shit basically and became super it was angry. so weird. It came out of nowhere. I was like on this peaceful, like amazing space. And then all of a sudden with one, like, um, excuse me, cut, redo that. I just was like, what? I don't what? think this might be hard to believe, but Matt kind of has like this alter oh. ego. That's the Hulk. So he's totally. like super peaceful. And then all of a sudden you could just like say oh one thing God. to him and he'll snap. So embarrassing. I mean, I'm <laughs> totally, this is totally like my inner work. Um, we've mentioned it so many times and it's funny if you guys know anything about human design, um, I'm a, I'm the manifester in human design and, and their signature is peace. So like my true self, is, when I know I'm on the right path, I'm, I feel very peaceful. But their not self is, drum roll, <laughs> anger. So one of the things is that when I'm on a creative flow, I don't want to be stopped or interrupted. And ironically, Ashley is the queen of being like, she's a reflector in human design. So she's like, no, no, hold on. That's all right. Stop slow down, stop, do this again, change this. I'm like, Whoa! so it's like the ultimate work <laughs> for me, right? So we're trying to do this recording and sure enough, like literally within the first 30 seconds, Ashley's like, stop, 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 wait, let's stop. And I snap and then then we dive into inner work as usual. And we're like, all right, now we got to talk about so this. So we had like a 30 minute episode of <laughs> so you we... basically defending why it was okay for you to snap and become angry because yeah. I was interrupting you. Because I know what I want to do. Just don't, you're always don't in stif- my way. You're stifling don't... my flow. Yeah. You had like all these things you wanted to say, which really in the inner work book, we talk about the theme of anger and the trigger for the theme of anger is expectations mm, so totally. it took us a while to to like get to the root and be like this isn't really about the recording of this commercial this isn't really about whatever this argument is about this is mm-hmm. the fact that you had expectations and those expectations were not met because you wanted to do one take which is a really unrealistic <laughs> expectation so therefore you're angry and the whole point of this example is that it took like a half hour but eventually matt laid down on the floor and he had a really <laughs> Which good... Which is something Ashley has learned. Yes. We're learning that's a, a effective way. If you know anyone or it's <laughs> you that can get very emotionally charged... Just lay down. Lay down. In it's a actually, supine position. Yeah, it's actually kind of... It's pretty effective. And so Ashley's always like, just can you just lay down? And so when I lay down, all of a sudden the energy kind of mellows out. Yeah, imagine we, us we in the talking. heat of a moment, like just like in a, in a you yeah. know, heated argument. And then Matt just like 
sits down, lays down Not on the even, floor. Yeah, just lays down. And then, like, looking at the ceiling and just has a moment and is like, <sighs> and then, like, realizes it. He's like, whoa. whoa so, what, what was your realization? Okay. So, and this is what we want to talk about today. And here's the realization of, I, as I've been working on letting go of other addictions, right? Like, maybe we, we've obviously talked about pornography, the beast of all beasts. I mean, that is one of the most intense addictions. But I'm realizing even more intense than a substance like porn, alcohol, marijuana, or something like that is emotional addiction. Yeah. And I was floored, literally, <laughs> as I realized, like, whoa, I have a addiction to my anger that I didn't even realize because I've rationalized it, you know, for 30 years now. And had no idea that technically I am addicted to this energy, this emotion, because I think I'm getting something out of it. And in our conversation, mm -hmm. when this happened, we really dug up some deep stuff here. And I just was tripping out being like, wow, um, I don't even know who I would be without it. Well, you said something really good. You said... I haven't made the commitment to put down my mm. anger the same way I put down alcohol. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, that's Yeah, horrible. and 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 because I've been working uh, so much lately with just really committing she mentioned, you know, Ash mentioned alcohol the other the other day like I don't know, a month ago now. Um, you know, I'm I wasn't like an alcoholic or anything, but just just committing to just being like, I'm not going to have that beer. I'm not even going to, I'm just not even going to have it. I never feel good. You know, I was the kind of person who would have a beer every, every other day after work type of thing, but even just one, you know, it's just like, why, why? I just, I didn't want to anymore. And I was worried that I didn't know who I was without using a substance to bring me back to a state of non-stress. Well, it was like, kind of like a crutch because you would be like, yeah. I need this to decompress. De it was decompress, like a symbol of Slow me down, yeah. like whatever my excuse was. I just had officially committed. I was just like, no, I'm not going to use any substance to to cope. I'm just going to handle this stuff myself. I'm ready. I do not need a substance. Like, come on. I know the inner work like the back of my hand. Let's just like, let's do it. So sure enough, I realized that anger or any emotion is actually the same process of you need to have a moment where you finally commit to not touching it again. And that's kind of where I am at. Although I'll admit I'm still kind of processing anger because it's, it's a huge one. We're going to keep talking about this. It's like you have to really decide. Just like if, if it were, say, alcohol, you have to literally be like, no, I'm never going to touch it. I'm not going to pick it up again. I'm not going to sip it. I'm not going to, oh, have a, oh, well, okay I'm at a party sometimes. and it's a special occasion. So I'll, I'll compromise today and I'll try it. Like you got to kind of have the same fierce commitment of like, this is a, this is bigger than just it's a casual thing. Me. This is not serving me. And it's more so about uh, a dedication and a discipline. And so when it came to my anger, I really started processing like, wow, I have rationalized this for so long and it's in as something beneficial. And so what you'll find when you start to think of your own emotional addictions is you're going to notice that just like a substance, you've rationalized why you A, need it or B, 
um, help. It's helping you, or, or you feel validated. It's okay, or it's validated. Why you're doing it? Like you'll be like, well, you would say it was because of whatever situation was at hand. You would be like, well, mm. I'm only getting angry because. Well, sure, yeah, the external. Da, 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 da. And it's like, well, mm. the way for you to figure this out is if you realize that you have a go-to response. So you're always going to find a reason to induce the anger. So it's not necessarily a situation made you angry. It's you found you found a situation to bring about anger. Mm. Subconsciously, of course. Yeah, because you keep reverting to anger. So it's not the situation that induced it. It's that you have a reason now to validate what was yeah. already inside of you. Now, mind you guys, this is very few and far between. <laughs> we don't want don't want you to create an image that like I'm angry all the time every day but it's just the point of if with full you know vulnerability this is definitely just happens to I be guess my it's thing good, yeah to preface and, that Matt and I are really committed to staying in a state of peace so you'll find when if, you read it inter- even subtly not at peace then we have to discuss it you'll yeah you'll <laughs> find when you read the inner workbook that like one of the key things indicators is that if you fall from a state of peace, that's where your inner work lies. So we're always looking out for that. That's just like what we do around here. We're, we're maintaining a state of peace. And if we fall from peace, it's an indicator for us to do inner work and look at why mm-hmm. so that we're not continuing to unconsciously go about our lives. Yeah. And, and so here's what's interesting. When we look at the themes of consciousness – Another interesting fact about, say, anger in particular is it's actually a lot higher than some of the, or or shall we say more empowering than some of the themes below it, like shame or guilt. So in this moment, what my mind is doing, it's reverting to thinking, oh, I'm, I'm being ashamed here, like Ashley's shaming me by being like, nope, you're wrong, we need to redo this. Now, obviously, she's not doing that, but that's what my mind is is rationalizing. And it's being like, oh, you're so, oh, Matt, if you're not perfect the first time, you're, you're so wrong and guilty. And, and to cope with that, rising to anger is actually a defense mechanism to make me not feel ashamed of messing up. Yeah, and just to clarify, like, as you go through the themes of consciousness in the book, um, you revert to maybe living in a certain emotional state and some of them are really like dark, you know, like guilt and unworthiness is like just I'm not good enough. I suck like shame like I'm, you know, I'm embarrassing. I'm a disgrace. And if maybe your past programming, you come from a family or a religion or some sort of um, environment where you were constantly like told how how much, you know, you're not good enough any little um, trigger of somebody being like me saying, hey, like we need to redo that take, it could trigger you to feel unworthiness. And instead of feeling that unworthiness and that deep, dark sulking, you know, anger is a really uh, empowering emotion compared to I'm a shameful being. I'm never good enough. Yeah. So, so someone like Matthew who has struggled with some yeah, of the lower totally. themes. So to, to not feel ashamed and guilty, I mean, that's an accomplishment. It's progress. <laughs> what we're trying to say is actually like anger is progress compared to really, you right. know, darker states of unworthiness. Right. So like it's empowering. sometimes I would shut down and be like, oh my God, like I'm worthless. And then Ashley would be like, whoa, 
Like yeah. that's not the truth either. So one of the cool things to realize is like as you go through the themes of consciousness, like there are useful for a time period. The point mm. is to just not get stuck. So somebody who has dealt with unworthiness to get angry for change, to get angry and stand up for yourself, to say like, no, you know, that to get angry is, is an empowering emotion. But the point is, is to not get stuck there because there's so much more to true freedom and lasting happiness. There's so much more love. There's so much more joy and peace and self-confidence and self-worth to be discovered. So we don't want to keep reverting to that, although it is useful for a time period. So that's like kind of where we're at with this. And um, this whole conversation we want to have with you all is that did you know that as you go through these themes of consciousness and you habitually respond to certain situations in, a, in, in such a way, certain triggers, that you develop neuron connections that can make you addicted and get you stuck in a theme of consciousness. Mm, exactly. So as we experience repeated thoughts and feelings, each thought and feeling is going to be releasing neurotransmitters in the brain. Well, they're actually in the stomach. Yeah, all of your neurotransmitters are start in the gut. So all neurotransmitters actually start in your gut. All the chemicals that we're, we become addicted to are actually created in the gut. The gut's the first brain, and then it's sent to the brain. Mm. Interesting. Wow. That's why when you say my gut feeling and all of this stuff is like, it's actually really true that the first feeling you get is always in the gut because all the neurotransmitters are, are created in the stomach. Wow. And so our brain and body is getting like flooded with these neurotransmitters during especially when it's extremely heightened and we have to understand that these neurotransmitters are, are basically chemicals right so they they're going to flood the body with just as much of a chemical as say you know taking a shot of alcohol or you know or smoking or something like you're you're exposing the body and the brain to to a chemical experience, to an altered state. Yeah, can you give us an example? So, like for example, anger or fear releasing adrenaline or stress and worry releasing cortisol, which is a really powerful hormone. Um, you know, other ones that maybe you've heard about are like dopamine, serotonin, and some of them uh, will make you feel really good. You know, like the ones that we usually refer to as endorphins. Endorphins are... Also neurotransmitters, they're just the ones we typically refer to as enjoyable and positive. They're going to make you feel really good. Um, or like oxytocin is another one that is like the cuddle, the cuddle, <laughs> cuddle hormone because it, it gets released in times of uh, love and security and when we feel really um, close to someone. Okay, so you have these, these neurotransmitters, these chemicals that are going through your body and brain. And over time, like Ashley was saying, these neuron connections, they, when they, the, the saying is like when they fire together, they wire together. So as they continuously get used, they will strengthen just like a muscle. So as our body and mind keeps getting exposed to this over and over and over again, the pathway for it will become extremely efficient because nature doesn't waste, you know, so your body is trying to make this pathway extremely efficient for you. So ironically... Um, using myself as the example, my anger pathway can become extremely strong and therefore extremely quick, automatic, 
know. And that's that autopilot response that we all get stuck on where we think, you know, oh, the environment, my situation, this other person is causing this emotion to arise when really you just have a strong neuro pathway for that specific emotion and any little thing can now set it off. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and in the, the book, The Inner Work, we, we refer to this as a neurological reflex. So literally, like it is a reflex now because just like you would train yourself physically to, to be reflexive of like if something happens to you, you know, you would just automatically respond. You touch the stove, it's hot, you pull away, right? Well, in the same way, I get stifled. My automatic <laughs> response is to get angry and be like, don't interrupt me. Yeah. And the thing is, is like Matt could choose as like his free will to just not respond that way. And that's how you know this is a this is an auto response. This is a this is a neuro reaction because why not, you know, I interrupt him and him just be like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, let's right. consider that. Like that's not what happens and that's how we know it's an indicator that whoa. Like the fact that you chose to react that way or rather didn't choose but had an auto response to reacting mm. that way is an indicator that you might have a strong neuro reaction because it's almost like you lose your, your free choice. Right. You don't like feel like you did it. You just it just happened. It happens. And that's I think what a lot of people will will say and, and maybe you out there listening are thinking that too. Like, wow, I just I just feel like it happens to me. You know, when we have an emotional uh, or theme of consciousness addiction like this, it will definitely feel like you're not really choosing it. It just is happening, which is why we naturally blame the external. Like, that's exactly why I blame. Well, I'm angry because obviously you interrupted me and are making me redo this or whatever. That's me justifying the reaction. So it's very interesting to start looking at uh, when you start looking at your life and examining what auto responses do I have? And the thing is, is that to be truly free and to be truly happy is to not be subservient to these auto responses. That's the whole point of the inner work is to become aware that you have these really strong neuron connections, these pathways that are strengthened, that you have these habits or addictions to certain thoughts or emotions that you are not even choosing. They're just happening to you and you're just thinking it is you. And this is the whole purpose of the inner workbook is to break free of all unconscious to become fully awake in your life and to choose for yourself how to respond in every new moment. Right. Yeah, to make what is unconscious conscious so that we can actually bring it out of the shadows and look at it and heal it. Okay, so if uh, a lot of people don't maybe resonate with the anger yeah. example, um, Ash, what is what would yeah. you say is your your work? Totally. Mine is fear. Absolutely fear. So whenever anything comes up that is... Um, unfamiliar or out of, you know, my, like, I don't know what's going to happen where it's like more so like the, what if this happens? What if that happens? It's, it's me projecting into the future of worst case scenarios and feeling afraid. Yeah. And yeah, um, Matt doesn't really have that. Yeah. And so here's an example of if, if you maybe are in a relationship, you'll find that you might have different themes of consciousness or different emotional addictions that you you both have that are individual to you. So for example, I don't have any fear does not trigger me whatsoever. 
But on the other hand, Ashley can become extremely incapacitated by it. Yeah. So much so that I'm like, what the hell is going on? So the trigger and, for fear is the unknown. Yeah. Whereas the trigger for anger is expectation. Expectation. So lo and behold, you know, I expect to not be afraid <laughs> in a sense. And so it's interesting to notice, but then on the same on the same token there. Ashley has no connection to getting angry. Like that is so not even a, a, a viable option. And so what you're going to find with your partner is that um, certain ones, you might have similarities, you know, like I'll get doubtful every once in a while, but it won't ever get to this, the intensity of like, you know, genuine here's the fear. thing we often project onto our partners because we have a certain area of mm. our lives figured out. We're like, why are you struggling with this? Come on. You know, yes. like you shouldn't be getting angry and you being like, you shouldn't be getting fearful. And it's really important to realize you guys that we all have different life experiences and those experiences have created those neuron pathways inside of us that become our addiction or our auto response to life. And they're all very unique based on whatever we've experienced in our life. We all were raised differently. We all come from different circumstances, different, you know, mm -hmm. parts of the world, different religions. And it's like if you had been born anywhere else or had gone through any different type of life experience, your neural pathways, your theme of consciousness, your root programs would all be different. Very different. Exactly. So there's a lot of compassion that needs to be elicited when we explore these things because it's really, it's, it's not your fault. You know, like we inherited these things. We inherit these neuron blueprints. And if I were to, to look back into my childhood, it all is very obvious. My shame and guilt comes from the way my mother would speak to me when I made mistakes. My uh, shame and guilt would maybe come from getting uh, beaten or, you know, spanked or hit or terrified with a belt or something if I made mistakes. Uh, shame and guilt could have come from religion telling me I was could be damned to a fiery hell. Yeah, and my fear comes from your fear. my mom being, you know, addicted to drugs and I being extremely afraid of her like mm -hmm. my whole life because um, unexpected, not yeah. knowing who she was going to be or how she was going to treat me from day to day really put me into a survival mode. And then my mom being a drug, dad drug addict made her very paranoid. And she was a fearful person because of mm -hmm. um, her drug addiction where she literally taught me to be a paranoid person. Exactly. And I was going to say exactly that. Yeah, you, we were modeled it. So, you know, like you were modeled anxiety. Just to be from your mother. paranoid. <laughs> right. And I was modeled this bitterness, this anger, this snapping behavior from from my mother um, and so when you look at your parents you're going to notice that you you were modeled and inherited these blueprints now this is not to be used for blame or victimization it is be to be used for understanding right because just like we inherited it whoever modeled it to us or whoever was behaving in such a way was also unconscious and was modeled and had a life experience like we're all innocent all everybody innocent. is just if they're not doing the inner work they're living in that unconscious neuro program auto response to their life based on their conditioning so everybody mm. is innocent because underneath all of this conditioning underneath all of this addiction to emotions and auto response to life is just an innocent pure soul that is like the innocence of a, of a child just 
just love and yeah, we don't know what we're doing yeah we don't know what we're doing so it's nobody's fault it's just something to be aware of, of like oh my gosh this was modeled to them and now it's modeled to me and I can explain you know exactly why my mom became a drug addict and why she was a fearful because she inherited it from her mom you know right. it just it's just like this cycle and in, in, in waking Cycles. up doing the inner work is is breaking the cycle mm-hmm. because it's got to stop somewhere guys so it's you you know, yeah. it's why not be you? You're the one to break the cycle of suffering. And in humanity, this is something we all have to face because until humanity as a, as a whole is enlightened, there will always be cycles of suffering that need to be healed. And so it all starts with the individual though. So each of us have to do our own inner work and that is our greatest contribution to society because as we heal these things within ourselves, we can therefore model something different to the world yeah imagine inheriting just like we inherited the fear or the anger or the shame or the guilt imagine inheriting love peace happiness and freedom knowing from the beginning who you truly were Mm. because if you are healed within yourself now you're going to pass that on to you know your offspring or to your partner or to whoever else you come in contact with this life imagine that being your new model until eventually that becomes a whole new world. Absolutely. Yeah, because every interaction, every moment, we are always emulating who we are, what we have become. So it's not even really about what you say or do. It's just your subconscious aura. It's your, it's your, all of this, you guys, is very subconscious. It's all, it's all under the surface. It's modeled, you know, it's uh, my favorite uh, child parenthood book, uh, parenting book is Continuum Concept by Jean Leadloff. And I was always really struck by the powerful truth that she talks about in that book of, of it's all about expectancy. We all are responding to subconscious expectancy from each other. And so it is possible, let's say I had my, I had like a child watching me respond with anger they're going to now think, oh, that's what you do when someone uh, interrupts you. You respond yeah. with anger. But if I respond with peace, they're going to be like, oh, that's how you, when something goes doesn't go your way, you just stay calm and handle it. Yeah. And a good example of this, because Matt and I both taught children. I taught preschool mm. for, you know, several years, I think like five years. And Matt taught like all kinds of elementary third grades. grade, fifth yeah. grade. Yeah. And one of the, the things that we were really aware of doing, and, and we were lucky enough to be a part of a school that believed in this concept was to 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 already expect the highest um mm. the the higher self from the students so yeah. instead of reacting with like why did you do that you yeah. you know you're you you, you made this mistake you know better we would really just anytime Don't ever say that to a child no it's very damaging. we were always just like um <laughs> you know what to do and you can do it and i expect that you're going to make the higher choice yeah. and whenever they would make a mistake we would just remind them of how capable they they are you're so capable and yeah. you can choose again and if you choose again i know the outcome is going to be so much better like yeah. i remember having a kid in my class um um he was he was such a sweet soul and he was really um, struck with insecurity that he thought he needed to hit and bully other kids to get what he wanted. And instead of just kind of punishing him every time he would make that mistake of hurting another kid or taking a toy or hitting, we'd really just give him the opportunity to choose again, the higher choice and really show him the consequence, the natural consequence that people want to be friends with him when he's nice 
instead of being like, you need to go set in time out. You made this horrible choice. I'm taking away your privileges. It was like, hey, if you go ask them nicely, I bet they're going to want to play with you. And giving him that opportunity to, to, to rise up to his highest self. And from the beginning of the year of him coming into the school, like with that mentality that he needed to bully to get what he wants, he had turned into a class favorite just by somebody showing him his higher potential instead of reminding him over and over again about how bad he sucked. Exactly. And, and that's exactly how the continuum concept discusses how we should be teaching children is, is we will naturally rise to the expectations that are put upon us. And so it is not far-fetched to do this. And Ashley and I happen to have, you know, years of experience teaching children and we know that this works. And then we obviously know that it works for adults because we are say, all still children. I was going to say, we're all still children. So <laughs> how you do this kind of inner work in, in your relationship or in your life is really the same as you would do it with, with your children. So between Matt and I, Matt dropping and getting angry or me dropping into fear is not to punish each other and be like, well, I'm not talking to you until you're done being angry or him, him being like, well, you're emotional and afraid and crying and I'm going to ignore you until you get your crap together. Like that doesn't heal. We need to do, do yeah, we need to do what (laughs) we would do to the same child that needs to be healed from that programming. And what I really need is to feel safe and loved and be reminded of my potential that there's nothing to fear in, that Mm. I'm always safe and protected and guided. Mm. And what Matt needs to be reminded of is how his higher potential is, you know, the Mm. Prince of Peace, how he is such a calm, um, just like a loving person. And I love being around him when he's at peace and calm and assured in himself. And he's so patient. Yeah. And to let go of expectation. Yeah. And to just remind each other of our highest potential. And instead of demonizing somebody when they're in their, Mm -hmm. when they're in their lower state. Yeah. So, so to recap that, you know, really remember that we are all going through these emotional addictions, these these neuron pathways that were modeled to us. That is really, you know, like in, in a workbook, this is like chapter two, because it's like compassion, 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 you guys. Like we all have to be so compassionate with ourselves and each other because we just don't know. If we knew better, we would do better. And one of the most common things is to think that we should all just know better. Um, and, and that's why, you know, when Ash just now was saying with her preschool kids, like, there's a lot of danger in saying, like, you should know better. <laughs> like, yeah. how dare you? Like, um, if they knew better, they would do better. You know, like, we, we got to be, you know, kind of aware of the fact that these things are all inherited. It's not like we're consciously being like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Now, we may be rationalizing our emotional defenses, but that's only because we don't know anything higher and we haven't explored it yet. So what's more powerful is to invite. So we invite you to explore your own emotional addictions and addictions to themes of consciousness that may be not serving you anymore and to to maybe ask yourself, who am I underneath this? Can I let go of this? Is there another way to go about this? And, and I'm right there with you when, when I was laying there the other day, just being like, wow, I have used my anger as a defense mechanism for so long. I don't even know what it would look like. What would my life look like without that as a defense mechanism? Because I've, I've rationalized it for, you know, 30 years now as, as protecting me that I'm like, wow, 
what's a higher perspective of feeling protected? What if I'm, what if my peace protects me? What mm-hmm. if I'm so calm and peaceful that that's actually protecting me? You know, like, and, and it's, everyone's going to be different. Whatever your thing is, you want to start exploring what is the opposite of this? Right. What is, what is a higher perspective I could take on this situation and, and then start to feel that and be like, well, and how does this feel? Yeah. And in the book for everything that consciousness we give, you know, we explain what the root program is, what the common thoughts of this theme of consciousness is, like how you might be addicted to it and how you can identify it by just hearing yourself think these common thoughts. And the, the, the way to heal it is to refocus on the, the counter thought, the opposite thought, the positive, not stop focusing on what we don't want and start focusing on what we do want. And that really comes from rewiring the brain to, in a sense, become more addicted to the positive than you are to the yeah, negative. Totally. And um, what you were saying with your anger is I have to do the same thing with my fear. And it's really interesting, like the smallest of things, like when Matt had left for a men's retreat for a couple of days, I was home alone. Um by myself and that is a big trigger for me to feel fear is to just feel super vulnerable fear of the unknown what's going to happen if I'm home alone am I in danger and all this stuff and I remember like having this moment where I was walking back you know on the property to that to the hall just being like okay I'm going in there by myself and you know (laughs) here I go and I'm like completely vulnerable and uh you guys we like live in a screened hallway so there's not really like I can't like close the windows and like lock it up like I'm just kind of like glamping all the time and uh, it's super exposed to the to the wilderness and to you know predators that are in my mind and I was like no I instead looked at the hallway and this is if you struggle with fear this is how it looks in your mind is you see all the worst case scenarios like I honestly would imagine myself getting like like kidnapped or molested like I have these really dark fears that will arise and I'm like like this, this kind of crap that happens, you know, from the, from the addiction to fear. And I was like, no. So instead I envisioned the best case scenario. And I saw my holiday as like this peaceful, serene retreat in the middle of the Hawaiian wilderness with like candles lit. And like, I was just so comforted and at peace and so safe. And I, I, I put myself in the opposite um, visualization than what my brain would do for fear. And that takes conscious effort because that is not what my brain goes to. Mm. And that's what you have to do. You have to become aware that all of those visualizations and fear are an autopilot response. And have you ever taken time, as much time as you take to indulge in the negative, have you ever taken time to indulge in the opposite? What if it's safe? What if it's beautiful? What if it's amazing? What if it's so comforting? And I had the best sleep for those two or three nights. I can't even believe I did it, that I slept alone, basically, you know, out here glamping. With how comfortable you felt. With how comfortable I felt Mm. because I did that process on myself. Wow. Yeah. And I've also, you know, on that same, same note the other day, just felt so relieved when I really realized that my anger here's a hilarious irony that we discovered with this anger too is I am getting angry when I I get interrupted and and impatient when like time is getting wasted and ironically my anger wastes more time yes and so i was like oh my gosh because whatever you get angry up to talk we about ended it up talking about it for 30 we minutes conversation we had to like, like get like back argue. to peace we had to get back to state and like my anger you know anger just causes issues so ultimately then you got to face the anger you got to apologize you got to then deal with those consequences so like i really hit me like whoa this actually slows me down and my peace is actually way more productive my peace is more um 
efficient. My peace is more powerful. This anger is not powerful. Like my peace is is the real thing. And and so you want to really counter the the whatever the trigger root program is. You want to you want to counter it with. In the book, we have uh, the transcendence for it. And so for anger, it's to release the expectation. Yeah, so go a through? good narrative for me is like. Uh, even this is working out for my benefit, you know, it, and to therefore release expectation that it's supposed to be a certain way. And instead, just maybe, you know, for me in particular, it's really good for me to just be like, everything's working out for my benefit, even if I might not be able to see it in the moment. Yeah, let's give them a breakdown just from our two examples of how mm-hmm. we would do it in the book. Mm-hmm. The trigger, the root program, the mm-hmm. theme of consciousness and the new narrative. Totally. So this is how it would be in the book. Um for every theme of consciousness, you get you get this little breakdown. So, and you're able to figure this process out on yourself. So, we'll each do it on ourselves so you can really understand. So, for me, the trigger was being home alone. The root program is I'm not safe. Um I'm like, what if the worst what if, case, worst what case if, scenario. what if I get kidnapped? What if I get hurt? What if like a dark spirit comes? Um, the theme of consciousness that that then reveals is that I'm in fear. And the new narrative is the opposite. What if I'm safe? What if everything what works if out? Right? What if it's a great experience? What if, what if it's even better than I've ever imagined? What if I have a, like a wonderful night? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then there's new narratives in the book that that Help you. you can kind of read and, and find which one really connects to your particular moment. And then mine uh, with anger, the trigger is unmet expectations. So my expectation was I wanted to get this done quickly. I wanted it to be one or two takes and be done. I didn't want to be interrupted. So that unmet expectation, boom, it got triggered. So the trigger happens and the root program is coming from I expect to get what I want. And so anger is actually sadness uh, dressed up as expectation of like being like, give me what I want, you know, yeah, prove to me that I'm loved. Prove to me that I'm loved. And if I don't get it, it, what I want, I don't feel loved. So it's actually the sadness. So when I look at this, I say, OK, this is coming from this theme of anger. And then the t- transcendence is to let go of expectation, like I said earlier. And so there is many new narratives for anger, depending on the situation. And for me, it, like I just said, it's it's to really step back and be like, everything is working out for my benefit, even this. And I may not know why I need to redo this, but it will be in my benefit. And lo and behold, Ashley stopping me and checking in made our recording, made our experience so much better. And after it was done, I just was laughing because I'm like, oh my gosh, of course, this was so much better. I didn't need to get upset. Everything is working out for our benefit. Mm-hmm. And so the fun is when you do this process, you're breaking these neuron connections and you're reforming a new one. So your brain your brain and body, they have plasticity, right? They can change just like your body weight and muscles can grow, change, right? Your body's always changing. Your brain does the same thing. So the brain neurons, these pathways, like we talked about in the beginning of, the, of this episode, they can deconstruct too. So just because they can get stronger with certain ones, they can also deconstruct old ones the less we use them and start reconstructing elsewhere. Again, your body, does, your brain does not want to waste. It does not want to waste energy. So if you're not using a pathway anymore, it's going to break it down. So I've noticed, for example, the more inner work I've done over all these years, especially out here in Hawaii, the, the pathways of my anger are getting fewer and far in between. They're getting smaller and smaller. The, the experiences of it are shorter and shorter and it's slowly breaking down. And each time we go through this process, 
it's creating a new pathway and a new response to life. So when I, there's plenty of times when I get interrupted or uh, possible triggers for anger come up and instead I'm just like, all right, cool. And I'm fine. And I'm like totally happy and maintain my peace and it doesn't affect me. So the more we keep doing this, the more you keep switching your narrative towards your particular trigger, you can be the true self that you really are. You can maintain that innocence that we really are all intended and designed to be. You can break out of your inherited programs. Mm -hmm. You can become a new person. And we say in the book so many times, we're like, you are literally being reborn anew every time you do this. And it, and it is, it is demonstrable literally biologically, mentally, and spiritually. We are changing every time we consciously choose something different. Mm -hmm. You are, you are, altering your entire destiny every time you do this yes so we leave you with this invitation to just start to become aware if in those little moments in your life that you're reverting to an autopilot response and see if you can identify you know the deeper belief that's coming up for you like that root program what if worst case scenario or i have expectations see if you can start to identify what emotion or theme of consciousness you're in yeah, and just to refresh your memory, we have a podcast episode on the themes of consciousness. So if you're like, what are they talking about? That one is a really good one to go back to and maybe listen to mm -hmm. to figure out which one um, maybe you're falling into. And I'll, I'll recap the limiting ones real quick. Uh, the one, These are the limiting ones. These are the ones that are not going to be in integrity. They're going to be depleting of our energy. And they start starting from the, the bottom would, uh, or in other words, the most suffering and, and cut, off, uh, from cut off from true self. The first would be shame. This is I'm unlovable. I'm worthless. Guilt is I'm wrong. You know, I'm, it's a preoccupation with sin. Um, there is then hopelessness, right? Like it's the apathy, it's numbness. It's just like, what's the point? Then there's grief. It's a preoccupation with loss. Regret. Everything's always, yeah, it's regret. Mm -hmm. Everything's always, it, I'm always losing. Things are never working out for me, things like that. Then it's fear. And we talked about that with Ash. What if worst case? Yep, what if worst case scenario happens. After that, it's desire. Desire is what we typically would associate with addiction. It's I want, I need, I have to have it. Um, it's placing our happiness outside of ourselves. Next then is anger. Anger expects to get what it desires and therefore has all this energy to push to get what it wants and it push for its expectations or else it doesn't feel loved. Um, and then after that is pride. So now that it's getting what it wants, it feels like it's on top of the world. I'm right. Now it's I'm, I'm right. I did it. I'm the best. I'm, I'm the awesome. But pride is still vulnerable because it ultimately can get knocked back into shame when its vulnerability is revealed. So there is the limiting themes. These are all ones to be aware of because these themes in particular are going to be negative. We They're don't want to be addicted to these themes. <laughs> any of these themes are going to be depleting our life. They're going to be taking us out of self, uh, true self that is. All right. Well, well how fun. And to get through guys. all of these things, we have to have courage. Yes. And that is the first higher theme in the book yes. is courage. So and have courage to look at you yourself, to have courage to admit mm. those vulnerabilities, have courage to see the habits, see, see the autopilot yes. response, because yes, having yes, that yes. courage is what's going to free you. And as much as you think you're, you're already free, 
are you conscious in every moment or do you have these autopilot responses that are really taking away from your peace and joy? And if you can have the courage to admit that, then you can have the courage to get out of it and set yourself oh free. Gosh. So You can have the courage to change your life. Yes. <laughs> so uh, if you guys possible. liked this episode, we would really appreciate you giving us feedback. Leave us a review. You can do that um, on iTunes. Um, we really love to hear from you. And if you want to continue this conversation, we have a private Facebook group. It's called the inner work. It's a Facebook group. You could just look it up and you can type your questions there and we always respond. And it's a really good place to start conversation with community. So don't be shy to just tell your story mm. and ask your question in that group. Yeah. That's really where we want to hear from you. We get a lot of private messages and we created that group so that we can all you know help each other because your question is probably a question someone else might have so mm. we really encourage you to put your questions in our private facebook group and if you want to explore this more with us in person and have an amazing experience here on the island with us and really dive into transformation we have our retreat in june june 1st to june 8th and if you're like you know i'm ready to just really get into this and dive into it and go through a major life transformation and really dig up these shadows, expose them and heal them, then we would definitely invite you to check out our retreat. You can go to theyogacouple.com and sign up there. It's going to be an absolutely amazing week-long experience. Yeah, we have about five spots left, I think. So um, if you want to come, sign up now. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. Until then, we love you so much. Thank you for listening. Namaste. Namaste.